Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I have to tell you something, people, today, I'm, I'm very happy to have uh, my guest on. You know, I've, I've had I've had Oscar winners. I've had Emmy winners. I've never had, though, a Hall of Fame member, and my guest is Nancy Wilson. How you doing today, Nancy? Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. I, now, I want to ask you, you know, you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you also have a walk of, uh, you have a, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you also have a star. What was it? What was it? What was it like when they told you you were going to get inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Is that like a, 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 a dream come true? You know, it was um, it was really cool. I didn't have any, you know, any conflicted feelings whatsoever about being, you know, on the list for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As a matter of fact, I kind of tried to work that angle a little bit from, you know, from. Um, I tried to kind of romance the, the, the brotherhood a little bit, like send packages with personalized notes to guys like Jan Winter and people in the industry and a box set and a book, a signed book, you know. So, you know, we're trying to, like, send our propaganda around right. just to try to influence their, you know, ability to remember who the heck we were to begin with and how long we've been working at it. So, you know, I don't know if that got tipped it at all, but just honestly, I think it did, and it doesn't hurt to kind of reach out to people of influence that might be able to help with those situations. So whatever it was, it worked, and and then we got to get up there, and, you know, it was so cool that Chris Cornell um, volunteered to induct us and was so eloquent. It was so, such a beautiful thing he did for us. And um, it was just a great, great night, great honor. Um, and that, you know, <laughs> I got a statue of my piano, man. See, that's awesome. That's just, it's funny. So now, you said Chris Con- uh, Cornell volunteered. So you you do, you do don't choose? Do they tell you? Or did someone say, you know, I'm a fan of your music? How does that work? Um, I think he volunteered. I think he volunteered because we're all from Seattle, you know, um, we're friends, we've been friends for years, we've been on stages together many times, and um, he was a fan, you know, from way back when, and so I think that's how it happened. I mean, I hear that my sister Anne's going to be inducting the Moody Blues this time, next month, um, and I think she was looking to be the one because she's such a big fan of theirs. So I'm pretty sure that's how that happened. Yeah. Now, I heard that you saw the Beatles and the Ed Sullivan show and it changed your life. How did that impact you and in the way your career went and had to start in this musical career? Well, I was really young at the time. I was about nine when I saw that, them on the Ed Sullivan show. And, you know, it was just a uh, cultural shift for me, for everybody you know, in the world, really. Um, there was a new way that music was going to be from here out, and everyone knew it, and it was it was like a mania. It was like a, it was like a, a it was like a uh, flash mob in the culture. You know, everyone was just going that way. Uh, and so I had to have guitar, learn guitar right away, learn Beatles songs right away, and me and Anne had to form a band immediately, and learn songs and get singers in there and, you know, 
folk sing Beatles songs and start to try to write songs and have a band. And it was just, um, you know, it was like, it was like a hunger and it was like an urge to be part of the, of the cultural wave that was happening. Now, now, when you started playing and you know, as a kid that influenced you, did you think, because we're young and we don't think about this, that there would be any roadblocks or that there wasn't a lot of women guitar players? Because you are a real trendsetter because there wasn't a lot before you and you're, you're amazing. But did you ever think that that would, was, was going to be a roadblock for you at all? Um, you know what? I sort of came from a military background Marine Corps, and we we were pretty dogged about, you know, finding our way, you know, as women. My mom, our dad was gone a lot, fighting wars, and so my mom was really a strong um, individual who taught us to be strong, and so it was, and she was also very musical, our family was very musical, so we, we kind of had music as a, um, like, we'd pull our, our musical wagons in a circle, and with our family, we had all this great connection, aunts and uncles, even, you know, grandparents, and we all got together and sang. We had a strong musical family together. And so for, for us, for me, it was a real natural um, progression just to go ahead and be a guitar player. You know, I, like my whole family gave me the the freedom to feel like I could do anything musically if I wanted to. And once in a while, you know, even as a young kid, I'd go to the, music, the local music store and sit around and play guitars that were better than the one I had. And people would stop and go, whoa, you're pretty good for a girl, you know? <laughs> and so I said, what? Well, what difference does it make if I'm a girl? You know, so I just never really got that. I never felt that it was holding me back or anyone opinion would hold me back coming from my family like that. Now, wh at what point did you start writing songs? Were you young when you started writing songs or was it something that you always had a passion for? Well, um, I've always liked writing little poems and things and stories, but writing songs came pretty quick. Um, I wrote my first good song I wrote by myself when I was 12. <laughs> and, um, it's called the Rain Song, and you know it's you can actually find it on a solo project thing I did once. But it's a it's a great little song, and it, it's it's the structure for of it, it relies heavily on structure the structure of songs I was listening to at the time, like um, Simon and Garfunkel, like Kathy's song, stuff like that. Um, Paul Simon was a huge guitar influence on my finger style and um, even rock style playing and a lot of big influences. Elton John, even though he plays piano, huge influence on my guitar playing because I would accompany those songs in a room because we, we had to sing them. You know, we just couldn't not sing those songs. Those great songs. And so, you know, every, everything I loved influenced everything I ended up doing right off the bat. Now, what was the feeling you had when you finally heard the song, one of your songs, the first time on the radio? Everyone always tells me it's just such a crazy, crazy, insane feeling. Yeah. What's, do you remember what song it was oh, and do you remember what you were doing? 
First, what was the biggest crowd you think you've ever played? The biggest in numbers? Oh, geez. Um, it might have been um, the Boston Jam in Boston. Obviously, there was, I think there was like more than 100,000 folks. There were like relay towers after relay towers. As far as the eye could see, and you couldn't see the end of the people in the big the Boston, I think it was Boston Commons, or whichever park is the big one there. And um, I, that's probably, you know, that Cal Jam was huge like that. There was quite a few of those big, massive, massive uh, seas of people kind of festivals with a million bands for the weekend, you know. No, no, people you... like, yeah, amazing. They don't, it's it's dangerous. That those situations are kind of dangerous with so many people. Well, then, do you have to adjust your playing style when there's that many people? Um. Well, you have to go big, you know, because <laughs> you can't just be looking navel gazing up there if you've got like trillion people out in front of you. You want to, you know, you want to make it look bigger. You want to. You want to kind of flail around a little bit more. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, you've also, you've been involved in movies and TV shows. I believe you're going to be involved in a new show produced by Johnny Depp coming up? Yes. Um, we just landed a slot with eight, eight sorry, much, myself. We got our, we got our, our, our show, the series, about Michael Scholl's um, which is a studio. There's an amazing documentary called Muscle Souls, um, which it, we're going to be kind of borrowing from the story there. And it's about an amazing producer who created the sound of Muscle Souls that Aretha Franklin's gracious. And, um, you know, When a Man Left a Woman was one of the first songs recorded there. And uh, just all kinds of amazing hits of, of our day, you know, hits of all time, that went global from this tiny little town called Muscle Shoals in Alabama. So it's just a fascinating piece of work. And I'm one of the producers, and me and my husband, Jeff Bywater, we're going to be the music people, producing and licensing, I'll be scoring. Um, Johnny Depp's involved as a producer, he'll probably help with some of the music too. And, um, we have a great team, and we're real excited to get started. So that's one thing. There's another thing I'm doing, which is my new band, which is called Road Case Royale. 
uh, with Liv Warfield from Prince's New Power Generation as my singer, and her guitar player, Ryan Waters, is just my favorite ever guitar player, and um, my three guys from Heart, uh, Chris, Ben, and Dan, also in the band, so we put an album out, it's called First Things First, and it's really good, and um, we're going to be playing, opening again with Bob Seger this fall, which we had to postpone a little while because he had a uh, injury, but anyway, I'm, I'm going on and on, but um, there's a lot happening, so I'll just try to fit it in. <laughs> what um, what kind of music is it, your new band? Are, are you doing solely all the writing, or are you sharing writing duties? Um, we we wrote um, the new songs on the album, and we did a couple of heart covers on the album with a different sort of spin on them, um, where I sing even it up, and um, you know, live when we were playing live, Liv was doing crazy on you, just like nobody's business. Uh, really cool to hear somebody interpret it, that it doesn't sound anything like my sister Anne's version. It's just a whole new sort of a rock and soul feel that this band has. Um, and I think it's, people say that it's fresh, and I really agree. It sounds really fresh. But you should check our album out. It's First things first, it's called. I will. Well, you know what? I want to thank you for taking the time and talk to me. And um, I look for that TV show. And everyone loves heart. And so you have a wonderful night. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Steve. It's okay. really fun to talk to you. Good talking to you. Have a good night. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Right, Steve, take care. Bye. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye.